Carrie and Ashley, you probably remember how reassuring it felt when you got to the point in your pregnancy, when you would just feel your baby move and you'd be like, yep, you're alive and kicking in there. Oh my God. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It felt like my baby was pole dancing half the time, but I didn't mind. (laughs) Scary fierce. Scary fun. Scary mommy speaks. (laughs) We're back. Scary Mommy Speaks is back, babies. Yes, I needed it to be back more than ever. I missed our Scary Mommies and you. And you, too. After being locked down for so long, you know what? I even missed my in-laws. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Not only is it great to be paired up with you again on here, but we've got extremely important stuff to share with our mamas out there. We do. We will be chatting with experts in the nursing field about these uncertain times regarding pregnancy, labor, and delivery, and how to handle this challenging time managing a baby or a toddler at home right now. Our nursing experts are all from AWAN, which is the Association of Women's Health Obstetric and Neonatal Nurses. In other words, today's heroes. Yes, ma'am. On today's episode, we are talking about pregnancy. We have two amazing guests. One of our very own scary mommies is going to share her story of how her friends threw her a baby shower for the ages, but from a distance. And we have Paris Maloof Burry, a nurse midwife and member of AWAN, who's going to break down everything we need to know about handling a pregnancy right now. I mean, during this pandemic, I had thought about what it would be like to be pregnant, but I didn't realize all the different things that are going on, did you? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really think about not being able to have my partner with me at at just plain old doctor's visits. And I think that alone is such a huge, huge change. One of my closest friends is pregnant during all of this, and I I think I have thought about it because I think, oh my God, it's so scary, but... She really laid some things out that uh, I would have otherwise not thought of. Yeah, I had one friend go into labor pretty early in the COVID situation, and her partner was not allowed to come. That and must they had have to been even it, worse. They had to do it over a device. And then my friend that just had her baby last week, her partner was allowed to come. So I think things are changing, and with more knowledge, we adapt. And so that was so helpful. Yeah. I mean, just take a minute to remember how crazy it was being pregnant during a non-pandemic time. And I, I just, I can't wrap my brain around how women are doing it now, but it's pretty amazing. And all I have to say is for all of the funny things that we see, all the memes, all the Instagrams about parents having a hard time homeschooling and doing quarantine stuff with their kids. I have to say that having a kid has made quarantine so much better for me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, to some extent. Listen, I I always, the thing that's really occupied my mind is the people out there who are totally alone in quarantine and how scary that must be. So it's been really nice having Matt, but mostly you're right, having Sebastian with me. It's something, you know, you can't really, it hasn't allowed me the days to be in bed depressed like I've wanted. And, you know, I had such a tricky pregnancy and such a tricky labor, but I have to say that ever since 
all of that was over with and I actually am just a mom with a kid now, it's been great. Yeah. And so all those ladies out there who are pregnant during quarantine, you know what? Once you have that baby in your arms, nothing else matters. Scary Mommy Speaks is brought to you by Huggies, who knows how important it is to hear from moms who are in the same boat. They get it. This is a moment in time where we could all use a helping hug, information from a trusted source, and some levity to brighten our day. Isn't that the truth? Being in isolation, this kind of connection has meant so much. Thank you, Huggies, for making moms feel seen. We have with us Paris Maloof Burry, CNM. That's Certified Nurse Midwife. She's a member of AWAN and a trained health professional who helps healthy women during labor, delivery, and after the birth of their babies. So she basically does everything? Yeah, pretty much. Hi, Paris. Thank you so, so much for joining us. We really appreciate you taking the time. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Could you start off by telling us exactly what you do, your title, you know, what what some of your tasks are and what you do? Sure. Um, I am a certified nurse midwife, and that, by definition, is a registered nurse with advanced training. Most of us have master's degrees or doctorates, and I provide care to women. My personal practice involves prenatal care, postpartum care, contraception care. I attend women in birth. I work in a birthing center that is attached to a hospital. So Paris, you're a member of AWAN, correct? Yeah, I am. Uh, AWAN is, for those people at home who may not know, the Association uh, for Women's Health Obstetric and Neonatal Nurses. So it's the professional organization for nurses who provide care to women and babies. How do you think uh, COVID has changed things for pregnant individuals? I mean, we just touched on it a second ago, but how do you think it's really changed uh, people who are pregnant? That's a really, really good question and a very evolving question. And the unknown, I think, is the biggest factor. Um, It's just created so much uncertainty, both for birthing people, for women, and for the healthcare community. The biggest thing that a lot of the women in my care um, tell me is they're experiencing a huge sense of loss of control. Um, and I think that that has really spiked anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest way this has impacted us is by impacting our sense of safety, our sense of predictability. And as care providers, you know, we're working really hard to provide transparency and information as things move along. They're just changing so quickly. What are pregnant women showing the most concern for now during all of this? Oh, I would say probably um, having access to support. That's the thing that I'm hearing the most. You know, I see women throughout their pregnancy at their prenatal visits, and that's the question that comes up repeatedly, visit after visit after visit. Is my partner still allowed to be there? Can I have a doula with me? Um, Can my mom come? And 
that extends to beyond just the birth itself to planning for their postpartum adjustment and transition at home with the baby because as they introduce a baby to their family, it's a lot of work and it comes with a lot of fatigue and all of the mundane things that need to be done, like meal preparation and laundry. Those of us who have access to family and friends are hopefully being encouraged to delegate those things and to ask for help. And now all of the education and empowerment we've been giving families around, you know, ask somebody to bring you meals, see if you can get a neighbor to walk your dog. Now we're like, okay, put all that on hold, plan to do this all by yourselves. I've had so many moms coming in and being tearful as we talked about this saying, how am I going to do this all by myself? Just me and my husband or moms who have um, like military moms who have their partner who is currently deployed. And not only are they birthing without their partner there, um, but they're figuring out how to integrate a new baby into their family, into their household, um, or even adapt to their role as mom if it's their first babe without being able to invite any helpers into the home. I mean, I remember pregnancy because it was not that long ago, and I was concerned about so many things. And again, this was pre-COVID time, and I still was concerned about trying to control things. I, I'm doing air quotes as I say that, because as we know, nothing about a child bearing, rearing, or delivery is anything that really can be of your control completely. But um, I was worried about so many things, Uh, I can't even imagine being pregnant now during this time. What are some things that women, pregnant women should actually be worried about during this time? I know that's like probably a loaded question, but. Oh, no, no, it's not. I think it's a really good, I think it's the question. And that's where I think a lot of the anxiety comes from is, you know, what do we really know about this? What am I really supposed to be doing? Like, where should I be placing my concerns? And that's where that's where the questions get really tough is because the research is so limited. I mean, for example, can you transmit the virus to your fetus while you are still pregnant? We don't think so. We've got a couple of case studies that allude to the possibility of it, but nothing concrete. So probably not. Um, So you probably don't need to be worrying about the potential for your baby getting the virus from you in utero. Do you need to be worried about Um, hand hygiene and possible getting sick yourself, uh, getting this from other people? Absolutely. You know, so we are saying social distancing, shelter in place if you can, minimize uh, interactions with people who are outside of your immediate circle, work from home if you can. If you are in healthcare and you are in your third trimester, um, see if you can work with your employer to not care for sick people uh, and do some behind the scenes work during the last trimester instead. And the other thing that we all worry about is having a woman who seems to be completely healthy, who might be carrying the virus, who in the throes of labor while her body is in a lot of stress at that point become symptomatic and become very ill. And we've had, we've had a good number of case reports of that happening as well. Um, one of the, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. 
that's the main reason we're encouraging women, especially in the third trimester, to really, really keep themselves uh, safe, keep themselves distant. Not so much because we're worried about her being sick, which of course, you know, we worry about that, but we worry about her being well until she is in a very vulnerable state, for example, labor. Yeah. And at that point, um, becoming symptomatic. What are some of the questions that pregnant women should be asking right now? Because aside from the usual, you know, what's your what's your cesarean rate? What are some new questions in this new world? Well, first of all, can I ask questions? How easy is it for me to get in touch with my care provider? Can I email them, you know, anytime? Can I call? Do they return calls? Do I have to make an appointment in order to talk to them? I think that's a really important thing that you already touched on. You know that that it is important to be able to have good communication with your care provider. And then other questions you want to ask. Perhaps you want to know about your birthing facility. For example, what are there statistics at this point in time? How many COVID cases have they had? Um, and, you know, what are their protocols as far as labor support? Um, I think <laughs> the uh, the public outcry was phenomenal. And I love that it was recognized nationally that it was yeah. not okay to tell women that they couldn't have a support person with them. Um, some places have opened up to having doula care or an additional support person as well, which is um, really, really important. Uh, We know that the most evidence-based thing you can do to reduce the risk of uh, C-section or to increase your chances, your likelihood of having a vaginal birth is by having continuous labor support by somebody who knows what they are doing, which may be your partner if they um, have really just dived into the childbirth classes with you, but not all partners have what it takes emotionally or mentally, as well as the physical skills to provide that kind of support. So doula care is invaluable. What is the protocol? Like what should they expect if they're new on the pregnancy journey here during COVID? What do they have um, to expect in these checkup visits? The schedule of visits is the thing that has changed probably the most, that and access to telehealth. So for those that don't know, Paris, what exactly is telehealth? Um, telehealth is using technology to provide healthcare, And within the context of which I speak, um, we use video visits. We have a secured platform that we use so that there are not any violations of patient privacy. You don't necessarily need to come in to talk about what you're experiencing. And my goodness. So like in the third trimester and late second trimester, when women are feeling fetal movement, there are certainly times that we can use telehealth instead of an in-person visit, because we don't necessarily need to listen to the heartbeat if the woman is able to tell us that she's feeling lots of movement and we can talk about counts and um, knowing that she's got some good fetal well-being. And Carrie and Ashley, you probably remember how reassuring it felt when you got to the point in your pregnancy, when you would just feel your baby move and you'd be like, yep, you're alive and kicking in there. Oh my God. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It felt like my baby was pole dancing half the time, but I didn't mind. I've never heard anybody say that. I've heard, I think my baby is a soccer player. I think my baby is a gymnast, but your baby was a pole dancer. Um, (laughs) It felt like she was using the 
umbilical cord as her pole and just like swinging around that sucker. I was like, all right, girl, get it. (laughs) Did you get her some uh, special shoes to wear after she was born? I mean, (laughs) afterwards, she does have a pair of uh, Lucite heels from Barbie. That Yeah, I was going to say, they are Lucite and they do have fishing heels. (laughs) That's terrific. That's terrific. I think the most important messaging for, for families is we are not by any means saying you shouldn't come in for an in-person visit. What we're saying is that this is something that's available at certain times in the pregnancy. If you feel well, if your baby is moving normally, if you don't have any concerns that warrant physical examination. But I always tell pregnant women that if they have any symptoms that are disconcerting, you know, if you have a headache, if you have a fever, if you don't think your baby is moving normally, my goodness, I want you to call us 24 seven. We always have a midwife and a doctor on call around the clock. People need to know that if they are concerned for their health, they should call. Yeah. And after doing some good phone triage, if it sounds like they need to be seen in person, they should be seen in person. This is not about um, limiting access to healthcare. This is about limiting exposure when it's not necessary. What is the protocol for their visits when they do have to come in? Do they have to be by themselves or can they have a support person? I don't think that there is as much consistency with that. I, I think even within an individual practice, we yeah. are strongly recommending that pregnant people don't bring children with them to their visits if they can, if they have access to childcare and not everybody does. That's, it's an important step um, because kids tend to be super spreaders. So we're trying to limit that. And um, I know a lot of places are not uh, welcoming partners to imaging centers for ultrasounds. Some are, I believe. And that's a, that's a rough time because you know, that anatomy scan is such a ritual. It's something that, that a lot of us really, I think we really celebrate. I also remember my partner saying that, you know, for a woman or for the the birthing person, I don't want to say woman, for the birthing person who's carrying, there's a lot of little things along the way that makes it real for them. But Mm -hmm. that anatomy scan was the first time it felt really real to him. And so it's, it is sad that, that my partner would have been really upset, I think, if he had missed that, because that was just one of a few, um, aside from when the baby actually came out of my body, where it was a moment of being like, oh, this is really real. Right. Yeah. Matt came with me to every single appointment and I feel like he would have felt so left out of things, like so not a part of the process. A lot of couples are grieving that. And I think it's important to acknowledge this loss. And I think holding space for that loss is a critical piece so that we're able to integrate those feelings and those experiences into our life story. That's beautifully said. And and like a healthcare professional, a mental healthcare professional, we, we can acknowledge it. It doesn't mean we can change it. We should acknowledge it. Yeah. And then, you know, like find ways to create another sort of ritual. If it's not going to be the anatomy ultrasound ritual with them both being together in person, how can they ritualize it together? Humans, I think by nature, we need rituals 
that help us to um, make these transitions and integrate pieces of ourselves into our into our life stories. And whether that ritual be, you know, a marriage ceremony or a baptism and these things, these are important to our social knowledge of ourselves. And that anatomy scan is important to our social knowledge of ourselves as parents. So maybe bringing um, a smart device and having your partner present via uh, FaceTime or something along those lines. It's not the same, but it can be something. And I think similarly, like with baby showers, like there are other rituals that are so just integral to our experience in the society as, as parents, you know, we expect a baby shower and why do we expect a baby shower? I I don't know about you ladies, but I found after my first baby, um, (laughs) that I didn't need all of the things Oh yeah, and they added to the, yeah, Yeah, so much clutter. I just got rid of so many things. Was it great? Oh yeah. I honestly wish people had gifted me diapers. That was actually the one thing that I wanted. All the other stuff I didn't need so much. But man, did we go through those diapers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've all heard the stories about how difficult birth can be. And what we need in those times often is for people to tell us not only, yes, birth is difficult, but the secret that many of us don't truly understand. Yes, you are strong these are important rituals of transition as a pregnant person and their partner move from being just a couple to being parents. What would you say to those moms who are missing out on a traditional, like if you had one gem of advice to those mothers who are missing out on traditional baby showers and gender reveals, what would your one takeaway be? My one takeaway would be for them to spend some time understanding what is the most important piece of that ritual to them. It might be more of them or her reaching out one-on-one to individual people and saying, hey, we're not doing a baby shower, but I feel a strong need to connect with you. I need my friends to circle around me right now, even if it is one at a time while we are physically distancing. Um, I, I need that love and to be able to be clear about what the meaning is for her, I think is really powerful. You know, from my understanding, that's one of the biggest things other than all the safety concerns and the fear. That's one of the biggest things that's really, uh, preoccupying the minds of pregnant women in what we're dealing with. Pregnant moms are homeschooling other kids. They're cooking, they're cleaning They're You know, they don't necessarily have the help they may have had before all of this happened. Is it still as important for pregnant women to rest during all of this? My big recommendation for moms for expecting parents who are wondering if they are somehow shortchanging this baby by not being able to focus so much on their their pregnancy because they've got other kids that they are pretending to homeschool, if they are me pretending, I would assure them that this babe's going to be fine. They're not shortchanging this kid by not doing all of the things. And if you are lucky enough that your older children still nap, I mean, that's a great time to nap with them if you can. I am not pregnant and I nap almost every day with my child. Yeah. (laughs) Ashley's pregnant with promise. Pregnant with promise. (laughs) I love that. Thank you so much, Paris. This was so educational and so enlightening. And I think there are so many scared people and women out there who could really use 
you know, your advice and your And thank you knowledge. for putting yourself on the front lines during this. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's what I live for. Carrie, I just want you to take a minute to think about how crazy it was being pregnant in a normal world and then think about what it must be like for pregnant women now. I mean, I can't, like literally mind blown. Yeah. And I was so lucky that during my crazy pregnancy and birth, my mom, who's a registered nurse, was there with me helping. And thank goodness there are supportive nurses everywhere like Paris. Absolutely. Especially when you can't have family next to you. Right. And that's why we wanted to talk to a mom who was actually pregnant during this very challenging time. And lucky for you, we have one, which brings us to our next segment. It's a feel-good dose of helping hugs brought to you by Huggies. I could definitely use a feel-good story right about now. Today we have Nikki, who just delivered about a week ago. So she didn't get to have a traditional baby shower. Baby showers are such an intimate gathering, and it's also so special to most moms, you know? Yeah, it's like a rite of passage. But expecting moms and their friends and family are being really creative. And Nikki has her own lovely, lovely story about that. Hi, Nikki. Hey, guys. Hi, Nikki. Hi. Can you share with us your story? So I was supposed to have two baby showers. I was supposed to have a work shower and then like a friends and family shower. And it was probably like seven to 10 days before both of them, that Corona shut everything down. And obviously I had my moments of like upset and just in my feelings, obviously. So my work girls kind of slowly dropped stuff off on the porch, which was great. I had a little mini Zoom baby shower, which was also great. And honestly, like more intimate. And that way I could like take my time and open presents and not have to like put on makeup, obviously, and stuff like that. So that was kind of nice, you know, (laughs) not having to do like the whole big thing. And then with my family shower, same thing. Everyone just kind of slowly dropped stuff off, mailed us stuff. And then um, just about a week ago, right after I had my daughter, um, my girlfriends did like a little drive-by, which was awesome. And they completely surprised me. We were sitting on the couch, me, my husband, and my daughter. And all of a sudden, we started hearing screaming and like honking and everything. So we looked outside, they had all these signs and balloons and yeah, they ended up actually like giving us a couple extra gifts, which is really nice. And, and they dropped off some alcohol to mom and dad, which was really nice. (laughs) (laughs) Mom friends for the win. Yep. And I think I remember you telling me from the pre-interview that your daughter's name is Lucy and they made signs that said, I love Lucy. Yes. It was so sweet. (laughs) Of course, we're like trying not to go too like over the top, you know, Lucille Ball with it, but I let them slide with that one. So that was good. (laughs) It was just so amazing that they were able to like get together safely and they had their masks and everyone was like really good about that and take time out of their Sunday fun day, basically to come over and do that for me and my husband and my daughter. So it was amazing. So how long have you and all of your girlfriends known each other? We've probably all been really close for... I want to say like eight years, nine years now. And a lot of them have been friends since childhood. And we kind of all like slowly joined what we call our little group, you know, and um, there's about eight or nine of us in the group. So it's really cool. And everyone kind of knows each other from either growing up, they lived on the same street or the same court. Um, Some cheered together and then slowly some of like the siblings kind of joined. I joined eventually. So 
yeah, we're we're the Natty Nine. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> Has it been hard for you guys to stay in touch all of these years? I think honestly, we are so good about doing things, you know, constantly. We have a group chat. We're always talking in that between people getting married, people graduating from college, you know, everything like that. We really, really do prioritize each other. And I think you have to do that, especially the older you get and the more baggage, if you want to call it that, you have to prioritize your girlfriends. Your husband can be your best friend, your boyfriend, whatever the case is, but you have to have that like core group of friends, I think. What other things have you all helped each other through? Oh my gosh. Name the day, honestly. (laughs) There's, There's constantly so much going on because there's so many of us. So between, you know, drama with work, drama with husbands and boyfriends, drama with roommates, whatever the case is, like there's always something going on between one of us and we're always there for each other. We're always lifting each other up. We're always, when we can get together, getting together. Um, nowadays, Zooming when we can, obviously. We constantly are FaceTiming, just just checking in. You know, we had another girl in our group just had her baby this past week. Um, it's her second one, but she had a little bit of drama in the delivery room. And we were like texting our husband and even the husbands are in on it too. So they're the natty husbands. They always call each other that. I'm like, <laughs> seriously. Did you guys do the same thing for her, for her second baby? Yes. So I wasn't able to go because I still can't drive, which was annoying. But (laughs) um, the girls definitely did like a little drive-by with her. And um, same thing, held the signs up and they posted all the pictures on online. It was really cute. And I wish I could have been there. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. Were you disappointed to have missed out on the kind of quote unquote traditional baby shower? I mean, of course you're going to be, especially as a first time mom, that's, it is kind of like a rite of passage to like have that traditional baby shower. And I, like I said, I had my moments, you know, within those first couple of weeks where I was so upset, I was so devastated. And then I kind of sat back and said to myself, we're healthy, honest to God, this kid has everything she needs, you know, and anything extra at this point is just like a blessing. And it was just one of those things that I saw my girlfriends all having everything happen to them too. And weddings being canceled, baby showers. And we all kind of like talked, you know, and made sure that each other was okay. I have a lot of clients that their baby showers got canceled. So we were just kind of checking in with each other, making sure like, are you good? Because, you know, it sucks, but I'm good too, you know? You just have to have a real rager one-year party. Girl, it's, it's we're already <laughs> Um So even though you didn't get the standard baby shower, was there something very special about seeing your friends come through the, the way that they did? I mean, definitely. So I feel like when they first rolled up to my house and I went outside and I just saw all of them, I was like totally in shock and my neighbors are all watching. So I just kind of felt like I was in shock. And then I went inside afterwards and I just started bawling, crying and I texted them. I'm like, okay, it just hit me. I'm an emotional wreck. I cannot believe that you guys did that. That is so, so amazing. And they were just so supportive and they were like, we love you girl, you know, the whole thing. And it sucks that we didn't get the traditional situation, but I think this is kind of like the new tradition, honestly. I was just going to say, I feel like some new traditions are starting yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, definitely. What can you say to all those expecting moms out there right now who might also not be having a traditional pregnancy or a traditional birth or a traditional anything really at this point? I think the biggest thing is, like I was saying, this is kind of like the new tradition. And as long as you have that support system, between friends, family, coworkers, and that baby is healthy and you are healthy, I think 
it's just, it is what it is. And you just have to take it one day at a time and stop watching the news and stop reading the articles and just be happy that everybody is healthy. And eventually one day this will all blow over and you can have your sip and see as me and my husband might be doing, (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, sip it and see the baby obviously, or have that type of party in the end. We'll just get you like a baby Pope mobile <laughs> with like the little hood and you can just yes. ride the baby around. Just parade her around. It'll be fine. Yes. In a, in a glass container like Cinderella. Absolutely. All the I love that. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for chatting with us and, you know, I guess in a way introducing us to this new normal. You're an innovator now. You're like the new crew. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Girl crews are so important. This story shows me that even more. I have a great girl crew. I'm very thankful. I know. After hearing Nikki's story, I want to call all of my friends, see how they're doing, check up on them, you know. And it was so great to hear from a real-life nurse who's helping deliver babies during this time, and then to hear from a mama who just went through it. It's really comforting. Yeah. And you know what? We have Huggies to thank for connecting us with Awan. Thank you, Huggies, and thank you, the Association of Women's Health Obstetric and Neonatal Nurses. I feel like being pregnant during any time is so, so challenging. You hang on every word that all the nurses say. I hung on every word she said, and I'm not even pregnant, but I took comfort in everything she said. Same. Thanks, Huggies. See you next Wednesday. You still keep track of the days? I have them on my underwear. Oh, that's smart. All right, mamas, thank you so much for joining us today. We had a blast. If you love this show, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to help more moms find us. And if you want more Scary Mommy, be sure to subscribe to Scary Mommy Speaks wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want even more Scary Mommy, subscribe to Scary Mommy TV on YouTube. Scary Mommy Speaks is a Some Spider production. This episode was produced by Dorothy Abrams and Julie Katakis. Edited by Dorothy Abrams. Music provided by Audio Network. Don't forget, we want to hear from you. So email your comments to speaks at scarymommy.com. Scary Mommy Speaks.